Welcome to the Series 6 Exam Prep, podcast lessons for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. This podcast is to assist you in preparing for the FINRA Series 6 Exam. Well, what is the FINRA Series 6 Exam? The FINRA Series 6 Exam is an exam for those who wish to sell investment company products. It's much different from the Series 7 exam, which is the General Securities Representative exam. Typically, this is an entry-level exam that allows you to sell basically mutual funds and investment company products, and as such, is a much easier exam to pass than the Series 7 exam. Now, concurrent with taking this exam, you must also pass the Securities Industries Essentials exam. In reality, you should take the Securities Industries Essentials exam before you take the Series 6 exam. It will help prepare you for the exam. This podcast is going to give you sample portions of the lessons contained in the full bundle of audio lessons for the Series 6 exam prep, audio lessons for the FINRA Series 6 exam. This is an audio course of 8 hours and 44 minutes in length, and there are 20 individual lessons in the full bundle of audio lessons. The full bundle of audio lessons is available at Series 6, and that's the number 6, Lessons.com. Again, www.series6lessons.com. If you like the samples that you're hearing here, and if you would like to try four full-length audio lessons, you can go to the website and sign up to receive the four full sample lessons to help determine if you think these audio lessons would be valuable for you. All right, enough of an introduction. Let's get on to this sample lesson. This is a portion of the lesson number two. This is types of investments, broker-dealer records, customer accounts, and the full audio lesson is 27 minutes and 46 seconds. Welcome to this lesson about the FINRA Series 6 exam. Today we'll be starting our first unit. And the first unit that is a part of this test is goes under the heading of opens, maintains, transfers, and closes accounts, and retains appropriate account records. We will do a series of lessons that deal with this. Then once we're done with that, we'll go on to the next unit, which covers a similar broad topic. So this is just part one. After a while, I will go ahead and quiz you on what we've taught in this lesson, give you a chance to go back just over the last bit of content that you learned to make sure that you've mastered it before you go on to the next lesson. So let's go ahead and get started. So first, I want to talk about types of investments. There are many different types of investments. Bank deposits that you make are backed by the FDIC, so which is a form of insurance from the federal government. So up to a certain point, anything that you have in an FDIC-insured bank will be returned to you if, say, the bank should default for some reason. It's only up to a certain amount, but it's it's quite high. So they are backed by the federal government. This money is not at risk 
whatsoever. So this is like the lowest form. If you just put your money in the bank, it's really not at risk at all. But also, you're not going to get much of a return on that, are you? There's very little that you're going to be paid in interest. Unless you have a very large amount of money, it's not going to generate all that much interest just sitting there in the bank. And so, when you're thinking about types of investments, you need to think about the interplay between reward and risk. The more risk that's involved with a particular kind of investment, the greater chance you have of reward. So if it does go well, despite the risk, then you're probably going to make a lot more money than you are with something that is low risk and goes well. Money that's invested with a broker-dealer is not backed by any government institution. So it's not like the FDIC where everything's backed up. The potential rewards, the interest, sometimes the dividends, depending on the kind of investment, are potentially much higher than what you're going to get if you just put your money in the bank. That's why people invest in the first place. They want a better return on their investment, or ROI. Broker-dealers such as the kind that you're trying to be, help clients invest in securities. And securities can take many forms, stocks, bonds, mutual funds, etc. There's all sorts of categories, and we will be getting into those. This kind of money that's invested in a security, contrary to the name, is always at risk to some degree. So some securities are considered high-risk securities. Others are not such a high-risk but all of them have risk to a certain degree. Opening an investment account, however, is something that is highly regulated by the federal government, and that's why we need to have these broker-dealers in order to make sure that everything goes according to regulations. So the term that I want to talk about is called the company books. So we're not literally talking about books in a library. We're talking about records of financial transaction. That's what they call unofficially, the, your financial records. Those are the company's books. So an accountant comes in, they're auditing you, they, they ask to see your books, they're looking for your financial records. You've also probably heard the expression to cook the books. That's what this means. If somebody's trying to falsify financial information, that's known as cooking the books. And that's the kind of books that they're talking about. Originally, these books were actual physical records. You brought out a, a large book of some type, some sort of register where it showed all of your financial transactions on a ledger. But now these records, these books are mostly done electronically. It's much easier, much more secure that way. It's a lot easier to share, a lot easier to keep track of, and the computer helps double check your math. CPAs or certified public accountants use accounting software to quickly generate reports based on these books. And th so these kinds of books are relatively simple. Broker-dealers also have to keep books, financial records about all the transactions they help their clients with, and these kinds of books are much more complex than just simple company books, the receipts and outgoing money and all that. Let's talk a little bit about some of the records that have to be recorded. There are all sorts of things that you have to keep track of, including all of your client correspondence. So anytime you write back and forth, whether it's an email or whatever kind of correspondence it is, it has to be recorded. All of your buy and sell orders have to be recorded. And then all of your deposits and withdrawals as well have to be kept in good record. 
These things are all stipulated through the Securities and Exchange Act of 1934 and other FINRA rules. There's quite a few rules that you have to keep yourself up on. All records have to be kept for at least three years, and some records have to be kept up to six years. So it's a good idea to keep your records in a nice, secure place, all nice and organized, because they are subject to review. And if you don't have three to six years worth of records, then you can be in trouble there. Records have to be made available to any FINRA or SEC, that's the Securities and Exchange Commission, workers when they are performing an audit. The records have to be stored on a non-erasable, non-rewritable format. So it's not something that you can erase and redo, such as an optical disc or a magnetic tape or microfilm, something that can't be rewritten. It has to be a permanent form of storage. Companies also need to provide means for the auditor to access and read all records, such as a computer or a film reader. So whatever you keep it on, you have to make it so that it's easily readable. You have to be able to say, go ahead and just put this disk in, here's the computer, and then you can take a look at the records that you need to. And records should also be labeled with the time and date. So nicely organized and easily accessible to anyone who actually needs to come in and look at your records. So that's another really important part of your job is just the record keeping aspect of it. Next, we have what are called customer accounts. FINRA requires that broker dealers keep records about each customer. So every time you have a new client, you need to get the following information about them and start a file on them so that you have this information, things that you're going to need to know in order to make good decisions about any particular client. So you want to go ahead and know these things, their name, of course, their residence, name of any representation that they have, the signature of your customer. Thank you again for listening to this sample portion of the full lesson. If you found this lesson valuable, please go to the website, series6lessons.com, and that's series, the number six, lessons.com. At the website, you will find a link to purchase the full series of audio lessons if you found this to be valuable to you. Also at the website, you can sign up to get four full-length sample lessons. Best of luck in your studies.